Good morning, good morning. You're listening to the Money Mike Syndicated Radio Podcast Morning Show. We're going to kick off Thursday. We're just saying, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. So as you get up this morning, stretch on out. We got a lot we're going to cover as we're going to move away from just talking about what the show's all about to let's get into some information and let's see if we can find a way. But I want to give you a little time to just put yourself together. We know the shootings are not going to stop. We understand that process and procedures must go on. The conventions are going on. And the pain continues to get deeper and deeper. Reached in the protests within the NBA, which is now reaching the Major League Baseball and also reaching the WNBA. We're just trying to find what's going to happen and how is it going to happen and what is it going to be the actual term. And when and when you when you start putting it all together and understanding that America the it's a game that's been played of musical chairs and, the, and it looks like the music is about to stop. A continuously watching now on America of the shootings that are taking place. Uh it it pretty much leaves it speechless. And from the platform of the sports world, as Doc Rivers really, really said it best, fear, how can you be afraid when we're the ones that are, are being shot? And coming out, the Lakers and the Clippers have voted to just cancel the season. And that probably, from an immediate standpoint, could potentially be the best that you could do to to get the attention. I I'll say here, Money Mike has concerns uh, because you're going to lose your platform as a voice uh, that's there for you that is bringing more and more awareness. Uh, so high concern on taking that platform away. And again, here, Money Mike, this is basically my personal what I see. Obviously, others may feel different, and that's what gives us something to talk about. Um, and, it, it, and it just goes back and forth that you have a situation now. I don't know if there's going to be a fix as watching Kenny Smith on TNT Network walk off the stage, uh, basically leaving Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. Uh, Barkley's going to take tremendous ridicule because basically they're saying what's the plan is if, if everything gets shut down, obviously you have homes, family, 
no food. Uh, obviously, this is not going to just stop. Here, here, here's the high concern that I have. Basically, if you're going to stop the sports, you're going to stop the education as well. Because you're going to have people not only who are working within the professional sports league, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, which is WNBA, you're going you're gonna to also have people walk off those jobs as well. You're going to have teachers walk off. Um, so when you look at what are we doing, obviously many are saying what's next um, and trying to understand that you can't, there, this is a systemic issue. And when you have a systemic issue, one of the number one things you want to make sh- sure you clearly understand This is not something you solve within a month. This is not something that you're going to potentially solve within a year. And changes to where our system has been set up. Obviously, we have the federal government. And if if you look at the civics and how how it's established, you, you, you have to know that each and every state would have to reform. And getting all states within the United States to reform and being under one unified plan, as I look at this, that would be a position of what's next. Now, can that be done? We're still having trouble of how we're going to establish how the coronavirus, and we allowed each state to govern their own, their own body of people, and it didn't work. And so now, as we look at this, I can honestly tell you, and I don't see a viewpoint of how this is going to come out. I'll start with the unions. The police unions are against reform. Same union that potentially at the hospital So now the members of the union are going to be divided. Corporate America is going to be divided. And you you don't have a solution which is going to basically move this into a whole other realm. And if you can find out, obviously, with Donald Trump, who has started a blazing of fires and... You shut the country down because that's what's going to happen. And you're going to shut down the stock market. And you're going to really have a trickle down because this can turn into the worst nightmare. Is how are you going to establish a systemic issue and bring it forward that it can make sense? Because the trickle down that's going to be caused from professional sports teams not playing, which means you're not going to have any TV revenue. And I don't know how you're going to bring all that back together. And you think, of, you think yes, in the forefront. But if you look back at history and Martin Luther King, there has to be meetings and a plan before action. Well, clearly, 
we've taken action without a plan. And again, this is not something that would have a total agreement. Um, as I communicate and touch this morning, I just want you to know that we have a problem in America and we're also going to have a bigger problem because now people's lives are truly going to be affected. I mean, many lives have been affected today. We have shortage in hospitals. We have individuals that are can't get through to unemployment. We have individuals who can't get through to the unemployment on the on the actual of making a call to attempt to get funds where we are instructing them to go online. The individuals don't even own a computer. Uh, you're, you're asking something here that if it's not corrected, which it can't be corrected immediately. So that's my main concern. As we digest and move forward and come back, I just want to say that I know that America is in trouble. But I don't think America knows how much trouble it's in. I don't think America understands that when you move in a certain direction, you don't have the ability to come back and change that direction. That's my highest concern. And to know that, you just have to know that there's only one way that this can be turned around and it's going to take a third party. And when I say third party, I want you to follow what I'm saying as far as it's going to take a third party. Obviously, we have the Democrat and the Republican. But here's, here's you can't jump parties based upon what dislikes or what you feel um, or not agree in agreement. So for many years, this country has operated on Democrat and Republican. And of course, many years ago, Sears, Mervyn's, basically were corporations that were able to sustain and provide for the American people at a certain cost factor. Now, today, they're no longer here. And so it, it just... For my thought press, it's the Democrat and the Republican theory. I, I, I just see it as it's an outdated system that doesn't work. Information does not get provided. People are not aware. And I believe that now we need to make a change or place a third party, obviously, to actually move in a direction that we can move forward. We're going to take a break. Uh, just know that uh, we're going to talk quite a bit and just want to see, is there a resolution that we possibly can have here today? So Money Mike's, we'll be right back. Pick you up. We're going to get you started. 
So it's a beautiful day. So we're just reaching out and saying we're lifting him up. Money Mike's podcast. We're bringing it to you live Monday through Friday. We're a syndicated radio podcast. And we're moving something that's never been moved before. All right, we're back in action. Listen, uh, a couple things came across the wire that uh, was very, very interesting. In Detroit, a woman was pronounced dead. Uh, Happened on a Sunday. Uh, Apparently, the doctor was not available, and he pretty much said the first responders on scene, you make the call. They pronounced her dead, proceeded the next morning. Uh, She was at the funeral home. And it looks like at the funeral home, the family discovered she was still breathing. Uh, Something to be shocking, obviously. And just something to say. uh, Forgiveness is what this is all about. Uh, Next thing, I had had an opportunity to listen to Herschel Walker and praising Donald Trump. And it just made me think a little bit about what Biden said And where do you find the balance here as Herschel Walker is praising Donald Trump and our potential next president, Biden, said, if you vote for Trump, you're not black. And so I would love to really put a touch and an understanding on that because that's an interesting context that Herschel Walker and and, and let's let's understand or let's try to figure out why. Herschel Walker praises Donald Trump. Herschel Walker was actually the number one draft pick by the New Jersey Generals. And at that particular time, Donald Trump, which is as Donald did back then, Donald's doing today. uh, Donald Trump drafted Herschel Walker. And of course, Herschel Walker could sit there and say how great Donald is. He's not that type of man. I've been with his family. Well, obviously, he drafted you, and he also cut you the biggest contract in the NFL. Or, excuse me, USFL at the time. And, you know, it wasn't about Herschel Walker was that he loved Donald. At that particular time, Donald went on a team in the NFL, and NFL wanted no part of it. So, basically, he sued the NFL, and... He actually won, but they awarded him uh, $1. So that uh, kind of out of context, Herschel Walker, we appreciate your comments. But you also want to let the American people know that Donald Trump put a lot of money in your pocket. Donald Trump, uh, you were extreme value to him. And then once Donald Trump couldn't get in the NFL, I mean, he basically folded the league of the USFL, and by folding the league of the USFL, affected a lot of players' lives and family, as the league was on its way to be extremely successful. And it kind of reminds me to, to the country. I mean, the country was moving in the right direction. Obviously, you know, when you look at Barack Obama as the president, uh, and, and this back-and-forth game, I, I, I just, I, this is where I have a lot of confusion. 
The, the, the Democratic versus Republican, I mean, you get Obama. Obama does a good job for the American people. And it's not about agreeing with everything Obama did. It's just to find what can be the best solution. And the next party coming in want to take that and build that platform. But what we do now with the Democratic and the Republican, and I want to put it in context of why I say I think it's fallen. We've fallen behind the times. Um, we, we have a constitution that's outdated. Is over the years, and being born in 1963, but over the years, I've just seen every step, every movement that's built up once offices change, it's tore back down, and then we go in a different direction. And when office changes, then we tear it down again. And this really doesn't make sense because now the American people, the taxpayer, is paying for ideals that just are unrealistic. And We've been doing this for many, many years, and there hasn't been a solution to be able to continue to have the people be able to have growth, families, and not necessarily wealth to the extent that you want to be rich, but wealth to the extent that you're you're not worrying about your basic needs. You're not worrying about PG&E. You're not worried about the phone bill. You're not worried about a mortgage payment. Okay, so that's my take on Democrat and the Republican. It doesn't work. Um, understanding the Vice President Harris coming in, applauded uh, Donald, as I mentioned earlier. Condoleezza Rice would have been the selection. So... From a standpoint of women in America, from a standpoint of black women in America, it's time. I mean, obviously, as I've mentioned, women are smarter than men first. Secondly, it's not going to be possible with the bullying that has taken place from the office of the president that the American people are just so fed up that they know that we can't continue in this direction. So, and, I, and, and when you have Pamela Harris, uh, vice president and running mate, very, very, at any instance, can become the president of the United States. So I applaud that victory, um, understanding Barack Obama, applauding that victory, but now we're in a crisis and we're, and we're going to have to understand what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So basically, if you look at what the NFL has to be concerned about with the NBA, Major League Baseball, is it was a struggle to get the... NBA up and running, it was a struggle to get Major League Baseball up and running. The owners are America. And, and, and for some reason, I think we're bringing that to the forefront. Because the owners are not collectively 
in union on what direction you want to go. And you, and, and you, and you, and in the NFL, I'll tell you, is, is within my years of covering NFL, one thing I did understand is that the NFL is a closest body organization to the way American is run today. And I mean in the present time. And if you notice, Jerry Jones, who mostly on every network that you can find, gets on and we're America's team. But the funny thing about it, what the players are really not understanding, is how can the owner, Jerry Jones, the NFL owner of the Dallas Cowboys, not have an opportunity to speak on Black Lives Matter? And the other owners not have an opportunity to speak on Black Lives Matter. So you ask yourself, is it because they don't have the opportunity to speak about it? Or is it because they choose not to? Or is it because to what they think and believe, if they actually came out, it would be an embarrassment to know that that what their beliefs are. At some point, we all know they're not going to stand with the players. They never have and they never will. And now, if you take the NFL and if NFL season gets canceled, there's not going to be a turnaround to this to have any professional sports. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to just say it here today, Money Mike, this can go on for two to three to five years. And because here's going to be the trickle-down effect that's going to happen from not having the, the professional sports. One, you're not going to have the Olympics because the Olympics are tied into it and the Olympics are funded through that. You're not going to have college sports because college sports, the presidents today are clearly aware they cannot meet their budgets for athletics without football. So you, you, you have to know that this is not only going to affect the, sh the sports today, this is going to have a cast catastrophic effect on all youth sports, all high school sports, all college sports. And it's going to also have a form that's going to fall back on education because now student-athletes who would normally have an opportunity to go to college on a scholarship, that opportunity is not there. Why? Because there's no value in that today of giving someone a scholarship who potentially would have come and played for me. The reality is we don't even have the sport anymore. So you, you got to know that as I sit here today, my major concern is going to fall under how all of this is going to trickle down. And without any direction, um, without any support, 
I don't know how to basically see where the bottom is going to be. And if you, if you start taking away economic mainstream and you move it into a direction where it has completely ceased, which we have done that in America, the American people... Not some do not have food, some do not have money. Um, this trickle down thing here, and it all tied into American sports, is going to stop. Um, and it's not something that you can start again. You're listening to the Money Mike's Morning Show. We're just bringing things to you from a different perspective, and we just want to say that. Um, We are praying this morning for a solution because if this continues, this is going to be the most catastrophic event America has ever faced. We'll be right back. Wake your mornings up with a smile. Tune in to the Money Mics. Syndicated radio podcast, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Money Mike touching all topics, issues, and making sure that you have a beautiful day. Little praise and worship, Money Mike, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tune in. All right, we're going to pick it right back up again. Uh, as I as I kind of talked about the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and, a, and in fact, we need a third party. Uh, touched a little bit. Herschel Walker, we saw him speak to be an African-American, speaking of how wonderful Donald Trump is. Uh, obviously, knowing he was the first round draft pick, highest contract ever signed in the USFL new league that folded. Um I want to. I want to. I want to step into another arena, uh, the unions. And when you look at labor, and you're trying to reform, and to rebuild, and to look at a solution of longevity that can provide honesty, truth, and have a officers being able to protect and serve the community that he took an oath to do. And now we've turned this into a fight between the police, their unions, um, and what is going to be the platform going forward. Unions are going to play a big role in this. And breaking down as to what their beliefs um, 
you, you, you have to ask, how am I going to find a solution if the same union that I am a member of um, were not in agreement with reform? And to know, you know, you have to say, where is this all going to come together? Because if they're not in agreement and their members are not in agreement, I don't know how you bring that together and just say, we're all going to work together, but in actuality, we're not working together. So you ask that, there's campaign out there and, you know, an example of that would be Campaign Zero, and it has a call Fair Police Union Contracts. So you want fairness, but then as an employee, you 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 just have to know that in Minnesota, the police union is sitting there calling and saying that he is looking at it as to as this protest builds black lives matter as a terrorist organization and and, and it just doesn't really once it once it's been said once it's been activated and, and you look at everything that, that's happening because now the unions get involved and, you know, you, you, you implement, which is an agreement from the union in Minnesota, a new policy. And if you implement the new policy, everything looks beautiful. We're going to have this new policy and this is the way our officers are now going to be retrained to do the right thing. Here's the only challenge with that, if, for those of you who follow boxing, is you can retrain, but once you get into a fight, you will always fall back to what you know best. And I don't know how to explain to see a young man shot in the back seven times with his children in the car. You can't explain that when I have three, four, five officers. And it, it makes me believe that we're allowing individuals to become officers, police officers, that shouldn't be police officers. Because there's no way in the world you can tell me that you have all four. And if you don't want the individual or you feel the individual has a weapon in his car, then you're trained. You're not going into your car. Okay. Because whatever the altercation had led is clearly saying that you felt he was going to get a weapon and you should have taken the proper precautions. So now we, 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 we just are faced in with the unions.
Are the unions now, are we going to take away all authority? Um, having officers, friends that I have that are officers have told me that it's getting harder and harder to protect and serve if the more layers that you pull back. But I also, as I mentioned, had one officer tell me, the reason we go into the inner city neighborhoods and do what we do is because there's no protection there for them. However, if we go into other neighborhoods, it's found that they may know the mayor, they may know the chief of police. So is is there a win in any of this? Do we have any 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 actions? And you and you sit there as I look at Kenny Smith and and Kenny applauding to know that you made a you made a conscious statement. But you also have two other individuals, especially Shaq which is making a conscious decision as well. The only difference between his conscious decision and your conscious decision is he, Jack, has a lot of commercials that he's involved in. And you don't. So you put him in a very, very bad position. You guys are friends. Shaq's not going to hide his beliefs. He's clear. But when, it, when you look at that context, he can't do the same as you did. You're listening to the Money Mike's Morning Podcast. And we're going to be covering just a little bit more. We understand that this is a different time in the pandemic. And it looks like the pandemic has moved from the lead story to now the pandemic is basically moved back as a secondary story. However, the pandemic is still active. Pandemic is still a high concern. And we'll be right back. All right, we're going to pick it right back up. Um, Really been talking a little bit this morning about trickle-down and what effect, um, obviously, it's going to have on the American people. Um, The NBA, um, yesterday was all set. Go in there and have a good glass of cold water, watch the NBA, and find out there's only one team 
warming up. And, and, and this is where the heightened concern builds. When you look at a protest and you look at a structured protest and you look at a protest, somehow someone forgot to tell the Orlando Magic that we were not playing. And I think that overall just kind of shared and moved in that direction of what that would really say as to organization and structure. Now, this morning it's been published that the Lakers and the Clippers have voted not to play. And to me, when I hear that, the Lakers and the Clippers have voted not to play. Basically, you're saying Kawhi Leonard uh, voted not to, not to play. LeBron James has voted not to play. Anthony Davis has voted not to play. So now, after cautious efforts of those who are in the pandemic and who are watching and seeing all this, we have made a conference effort not to play, and we're going to potentially be canceling games and not completing the season. And the high concern that I have is a trickle-down effect. If you're not going to play, that obviously means you're not going to play this season, which means we're not going to be able to restart next season. And it's already trickled down, as you've seen, Stanford's dropping sports, athletic budget, depending on the football program. Somehow the African-American athletes, which are student athletes, and for many years were preached and taught to that the exchange that was given was you're a student athlete and you're getting a valuable education. And now as we move forward today, we're looking at how the education and being able to have it, the value of that education is much less valued as to if I cannot get hired. Understanding the life and expectation of a football player. And I had an opportunity to play college football and clearly understand the wear and tear on your body, uh, the sacrifice you must make. And that was playing football at a Division II college. Looking now, if you're playing for UCLA, USC, Ohio State, Michigan, the amount of wear and tear you put on the body, it's almost not believable. And to make that trade-off for an Ohio State student-athlete, that you're getting a wonderful education while you go out here and bang your head back and forth against the table, you're not, there's not a trade-off in that. And now, when athletes should have been getting paid by the NCAA, and now you move back to the forward point of it, athletes are not getting paid. The NCAA said you're student athletes. Now you're saying we have a pandemic. Now you're saying forget about the pandemic. So now the student athlete that was getting a great trade-off of the ed education is being brought back to that university and saying, let's play football. And I praise God for the presidents that actually found the reality of the situation. Look, it's unsafe. We're not going to play. And if you don't like it, quit. Well, that all sounds great to you on the outside, but let's take it behind the scenes. The universities don't pay 
the college coaches $8 million a year salary. The boosters, they take care of that. So really, what you have a right to do is shut down all functions, but as far as direction and what the coach can say or do, obviously we're seeing each and every day how coaches are announcing how safe football can be. But that the reality of it is, there's no way the state of the state of Michigan can pay Michigan State's football coach seven million dollars. I mean, as a state employee, that is a really an imbalance, and that does not work. And that's what a lot of people don't know is these coaches are not paid by the schools, so that's why they want to miraculously keep it going. And the university presidents finally said enough. Trickle-down effect that I see that comes back and happens for that is we're going to lose a lot of sports, which means a lot of youth will no longer have teams, and I experienced that. Uh, people ask me today, well, how did you play football at Chico State? They don't have a team, and basically it came across as Title IX, which was correct and fair. Uh, we just had to balance it, and that was a high-revenue cost of sport that we could utilize for other revenue. Today, that's been moved around. The football program supports all non-revenue sports. And if there's no football, then there cannot be any tennis. There cannot be any gymnastics. There cannot be any swim team, which that trickle-down effect says we're just going to drop the program. And that's what you're finding most of the schools. The Ivy League schools focuses directly on education. We're not concerned as whether or not student-athletes run up and down on the field. We're concerned about how student-athletes are doing in our, and getting in the education of how we can move and change the world into the future. So if you, if you understand that, then you're gonna, next you're going to understand we have a pandemic of recruiting athletes who are looking for somewhere to, to, to go to be able not only to complete their education, and I have one that's directly in my household, my daughter, who was expectation, she was moving on to play softball, four-year institution, graduate, get her degree. I was planning to enjoy the next two, two years of my life. However, softball at universities is a non-revenue sport, non-revenue sport. We don't have a budget. We're, not, we're barely making our budget. And now we're just going to drop that and move forward. So a lot of student athletes have been left out in the wind. And everybody clearly has to understand the vehicle and the engine. To keep all this going is professional sports. Because professional sports ties into college sports. College sports ties into high school sports. High school sports ties into junior high. And so on and so forth. So... Now you're going to have to figure out, and this is where I say the trickle down. Now you're going to figure out how the student athlete is going to continue. Well, it doesn't matter if you give them years back of eligibility because it, it, no one's going to wait three years to continue to play a sport. We need to find out what we can do today for the student athletes of tomorrow. And that's where everything is starting to plug up. And when that plug finally hits, um, it's just going to be a catastrophe. 
And that's where I, I have many cautious times that my good friends, we go back and forth, we argue just to say that you're, you're, you're looking for an immediate reaction. But the immediate reaction of not playing the NBA games, not playing the Major League Baseball games, and, and if it trickles down, which it is, because the NFL players feel that they've been underpaid, undervalued, more than the NBA players, more than the NFL players, more than the, the actual people who are working in corporate America. You have to understand that the NFL is a dog-eat-dog system when it comes to the players. The players have no rights, no value, no matter how much they negotiate in their labor agreements. The bottom line, it's a violent sport. You have a high risk of getting injury. And they are allowed, the owners are allowed to operate in the NFL simply under the same principle and theory of America. I've, I own the team. It's worth billions of dollars. No one's going to tell me how to run a billion-dollar corporation. And understanding the kneeling, praise God for Colin Kaepernick, praise God for what has taken place, and understand the Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell sitting and saying, I'm standing with the players. Well, that's great, Roger. Okay, you've already been the judge. And those of you who don't know where Roger Goodell is, the NFL commissioner, those of you who don't know, Roger Goodell makes $40, billion, $40 million a year paid by the NFL owners. For those of you who don't know, Roger Goodell wanted in his contract lifetime medical benefits. See, Roger Goodell wanted all the things that we're protesting for, except he received them. So if Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, wanted to take a stance and kneel on Black Lives Matter. Then Roger Goodell, you heard it here first on the Money Mike Syndicated Ready Bill podcast. Roger Goodell, why don't you donate your entire salary to the movement of one year, Roger, the 40 to $45 million. And, and Roger Goodell, if you can't do that, as Shannon Sharp would say, miss me with that, bro. Because what you're doing you weren't coming standing next to Colin Kaepernick when Colin, when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee. You weren't standing there with the players. So don't stand with them now. See, that is where the NFL will put a Band-Aid on it. That's what the NFL loves to do. They can put a Band-Aid on a situation and hope it stops bleeding so that we can actually go forward and actually get back to doing what we do. So, and you know this from the fact that the NFL has been in operation for hundreds of years. It's a league that has done what it has wanted to do. And you just have to know that the NFL does business the way the NFL does business. And the NFL does business just like America. We're going to be right back. We're going to wrap it up here on a Thursday morning. And we just want to say that uh, we're praying and praying that this gets resolved and we can go back to being America once again.
You're listening to the Money Mike's Morning Show. We're bringing you the latest trending topics Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And we're moving for change in America today. So tune in Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. on the Money Mike's Morning Syndicated Radio Show. All right, we're going to pick it up and go down the last stretch here. One of the things that actually, as I'm drilling down and really understanding America and the NFL and the NFL structure and the NFL system and the players who are in the NFL, obviously we know that they are over 80% African-Americans that are in the NFL. Um, And what they're thinking as to what their value to the league, Richard Sherman, um, very boisterous, uh, boisterous with a voice that carries understanding, uh, the most open and interesting conversation that I was able to hear was Richard Sherman, um, who openly explained to Skip Bayless as Skip Bayless was on first take and Skip Bayless is now on Fox. Uh, just really just let it be known that Skip Bayless, uh, you, you're basically nothing. And to have someone express that and express it with the, with the, with the credential, uh, Richard Sherman, who's from Compton, California, Richard Sherman, who graduated from Stanford and being able to have a voice. And as the NFL goes forward, I expect Richard to come forward with his voice and being able to explain that there is challenges in America and challenges in the league, which he has said collectively as a bargaining, the NFL players um, don't have a leg to stand on. But Richard Sherman has been the voice who says, let's take a unified front. Um, along with Colin Kaepernick, many other players now um, have understood that we don't have a voice and we don't have guaranteed money like the other players in the other leagues. And to say that, to understand that as you watch and see Major League Baseball players, when you sign a contract for $100 million dollars, uh, the contract is guaranteed uh, for five years, $20 million a year. You're going to receive $100 million. Now, along the way, if you get hurt, provisions in the contract, you still are guaranteed to receive payment. And pretty much that allows you to have a voice. Um, and as this was established, in Major League Baseball players basically get paid whether they play or not. NFL players, they don't have guaranteed contracts. NBA players, uh, they sign a contract, and the contract over five years is guaranteed. And when you look at that from a standpoint of moving to an NFL player, 
The interesting part about it is the NFL player can sign a five-year, $100 million contract. And the goal of the NFL player is to get the funding up front that's going to be the value of the contract. So, yes, we did sign an NFL contract for five years, $100 million, with a $30 million signing bonus. And basically, we're going to pay the $30 million and you're, that contract basically is guaranteed for about two years. And after that, the NFL has an option, which they always exercise the option. It's a very interesting year, league in understanding how this actually works. If after the third year, there's still $60 million remaining on the contract, the NFL organization can cut the player. And it has nothing to do sometimes with the player's ability it just comes down to it's a business case and from a business management, which NFL operates under a salary cap to create parity. The salary cap is designed to say every team has $100 million to spend. How you spend it, that's completely up to you, but you cannot go over the $100 million. And what they do is they sign multiple players to large contracts, and if all those contracts reach maturation and do their pretty much their contracts under under the salary cap would be about 200 million. And so the basic they go back to the player again and the player to renegotiate with the player again to have a more friendly contract under the salary cap. It, it it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, but it is something that the players and the players union and the owners agreed to. But it it wasn't equity in it, but the players want to play. They want to get paid. The life expectancy of an NFL player is two to three years. Uh, to receive a pension in the NFL, you have to play a minimum of five years. And to know that uh, players today, that window that you have when you're at your maximum strength, body strength playing, um, you want to get it in and get out. And you're starting to see Due to medical history, CTE, damaging players are playing shorter time, accepting the guaranteed money, and then getting out of the game. And the league understands that. The owners understand that. However, now when you come up to protesting on the NFL, and it was discovered as players didn't knee, it was a disrespect of the flag, and then it was brought out uh, by several sources that the NFL utilized paid patronism. Paid patronism is when you can, the U.S. military is a recruiter, and the fact that they would like to advertise on the NFL, so the U.S. military, United States government, pays the NFL to advertise under their brand and to be able to show America that the U.S. military is here for you as an option. And so, obviously, to not allow the players to take a knee, but you're getting paid from the U.S. military, that's somewhat of a conflict of interest, but not the money to dwell from, only because the standpoint is I understand that all of my family members are from the United States military, and I have a different perspective as that, but it's an individual perspective. So we will go forward from there. So knowing these things, and the NFL is coming up, 
and the leaders as to what has happened and to allow the will the NFL owners allow the players to vote whether to play this season? No, that's not going to happen. The owners are not going to allow the players to vote whether or not they're going to play the season because the NFL owners believe if your players who are currently playing do not want to play the season, we'll put a football team on the field and we potentially will go into replacement players, which, you know, the league has seen and happened in 1987. The game will go on and the game will move forward. Buddy Mike is giving just a different point of view. And we just want to let you know that uh, this is going to be a continuous. We're going to have some breaking news we'll push out to you on this. Uh, Again, we're going to have a special guest, Doc Reed, Hall of Fame basketball coach, Chicago, Illinois. Um, Also, uh, just moving forward that we're going to want to get some different views and perspectives and see if we can reach or touch uh, the viewers that we have, that we can bring it forward. So once again, we just want to say that uh, we understand and we are praying for resolution because as we move forward in this situation, nobody but God can resolve what is taking place now. Money Mike, we want to thank you for tuning in. And giving us an opportunity to be in your listening ears this morning. And we lift you up in prayer and praise. Are you ready for the Money Mike Podcast? Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We have one goal on the Money Mike Podcast morning show. We're going to lift you up, we're going to pick you up, we're going to get you started towards a beautiful day. So we're just reaching out and saying we're lifting you up, Money Mike's podcast, we're bringing it to you live Monday through Friday, we're a syndicated radio podcast. And we're moving something that's never been moved before. 